am wondering if anybody out here is tired, maybe sleepy, exhausted, burnt out, restless, overwhelmed, any of these maybe ring a bell? Yeah, yeah. Maybe in the last week, at some point, you thought, if I can just make it to this afternoon, if I can just make it to Friday, if I can just make it through this meeting, living at an unsustainable pace, perhaps. What if I told you that it didn't have to be that way? Would you believe me if I said that there is another way? Yeah. What if I told you that God did not design us to live that way? That God maybe designed us not just to survive our lives, but to thrive in them? Does that sound too much like a dream? Like that's not possible. (laughs) But it is possible. It's real. It's a real thing and it's in your grasp to be able to do that. And this thing that I'm talking about is called the Sabbath. Now that may be a familiar word from Sunday school. Um, It's sprinkled throughout the scriptures, both in the Old and New Testaments. It doesn't take long if you opened your Bible starting at the beginning that you find the Sabbath immediately in Genesis 2, that after six days of creating everything, on the seventh day was the Sabbath. God rested. And then in the New Testament, you see Mostly Jesus talking about it with the Pharisees, or really the Pharisees coming to Jesus trying to trick him up. And we'll get to that later. Um, But it's throughout the scriptures, but a lot of where we see the Sabbath mentioned is in the law section of of the Old Testament. So we see it in Exodus and Deuteronomy and Leviticus, and um, lucky for you, that's where we're going to spend some time today. But um, just to make sure we're all on the same page of what Sabbath actually is, is that Sabbath literally means to cease, to stop. So a day, a Sabbath day, is a day of stopping, a day of ceasing from work. Got it, okay. Okay. And the first time we encounter the Sabbath in the law is in the Ten Commandments. Right up there with, oh, I don't know, don't murder and don't put any idols before God. Those, those Ten Commandments that God was saying, you know, Israel, if you want to have a way of life that's going to set you up for uh, thriving, for a way that you're going to be fulfilled in your life, that these are, the ten, these are my first 10 ideas for you, Israel, that are gonna be really formative for your way of life. Yeah, God throws Sabbath in there. So let's take a look at Exodus chapter 20, verses eight through 11. It says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day, is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do 
any work. It's the first thing I want to take notice of here about the Sabbath. So the Sabbath already exists. It's not God asking us to do something to make it Sabbath, to um, to create a Sabbath. No, God is saying, "I created the Sabbath. I am just asking you to remember it and keep it holy." I've created it and I want you to use it in this way, in the way that I intended for you to create, to use it. So the Sabbath day is a day where you stop from all your work, from your work work, from your housework, from errands. It's a day of stopping, but it's a day of stopping so that you can rest. Not just, not just laying on the couch rest, but a day of restful worship. This is a day dedicated to God, but it's rest. You can worship and rest at the same time. Do you wonder why God made this one of the 10 commandments? It's actually the longest one. This command to observe a day of rest, a command, this command to cease from working, it's up there with keeping God as your, as your one true God and not stealing and not coveting your neighbor's things. It's formative to our way of life. That's what God is saying by putting it up there with all of those things that are so important. And this day of rest, it's not just rest. Like I said, it's dedicated rest. It's holy rest set aside for God. It's a worshipful rest for God. That's why it said it's a Sabbath to God. I mean, that sounds amazing, right? that you can worship and rest at the same time? I mean, here you thought worshiping was just getting dressed, getting up and driving all the way over here, getting up here early and finding your seat, standing and singing, and that's all great, but there's also an element of worship that's rest. Rest is worship. So why aren't we doing it? Because that sounds great, right? Why aren't we doing it? Well, it's because we just don't have the time. We don't have the time. So we have work, work, and we have homework, like our groceries and the laundry, which never ends, and cleaning up the house and mowing the yard, and then, you know, your kids' stuff, like with all their piano lessons, you got to take them to once a week, and then soccer practices twice a week, and then games are on the weekends, and the other kid has a different sport. He plays baseball, and those tournaments are all day on the weekends, but he has practice the other days of the week. So really, you know, Gracie, there's just no time time to rest. There's no time for a whole day of rest. Or is that actually exactly what there should be time for? 
hearing the list of all the things that we have happening. A day of rest is exactly what we need. Maybe God was onto something. We have 168 hours every week, and God has asked that 24 of them be for rest. That you can do everything else that you need to do in your 168 hours, just not 24 of them. 24 of them, God asks that we just, we set aside rest. Rest for God. And that's one of the many things that Sabbath is, that Sabbath transforms. That it shifts our mindset from having this idea of there's not enough time to there's plenty of time. This mindset from scarcity to actually abundance. There's plenty of time for rest. And it also forces us to recognize who is in control of our time. When we set aside that time for rest, it's when we recognize, oh, it's not really my time. Things don't work on my schedule. They tend to work on God's. Sabbath forces us to recognize that. Because we're stuck in a culture right now that prioritizes productivity and achievements and accumulation and that doing something is better than doing nothing and you better get up off your seat and just start mowing the lawn or there's always something to do and that doing more is better, getting more is better, achieving more is better. But what if Sabbath is God telling us that the more and the achievements and the productivity and that all of that is not actually what we're made for? That if God commands that we stop doing those things, maybe that's God trying to tell us you got your priorities a little out of order here. That our lives, our identities, maybe shouldn't be defined by all the things that we do or how much we can do. But instead to let them be defined by God. That's the third transformation of Sabbath is that it transforms our priorities. It transforms the way that we live our life when we no longer, or when we see that life is no longer about work or about what we do, that we aren't actually going to the office or the laundry room when we die, that we aren't what we do and it's not what we're loved for, that our lives shouldn't revolve around work and all the things that we do and just try to fit in and squeeze in rest when possible. St. Augustine captures the essence of Sabbath really well, I think. He says in the very beginning of his really long book, he says, our hearts are restless until they rest in you. 
That's what Sabbath is about. That our restless hearts have been searching for a purpose in our work and the things that we buy and doing more and achieving more and our hearts continue to be restless the more that we do until we find rest finally in God. That that's where rest is found. And we'll remain restless as we seek purpose elsewhere when we don't remember the Sabbath, but practicing the Sabbath can single-handedly transform your life because you will start to prioritize your soul and finding rest for your soul. And when you do that, when you practice Sabbath and prioritize your soul, you're forced to reprioritize your time. When you practice Sabbath, you prioritize things around the health of your soul and things that previously you thought were indispensable, you couldn't imagine your life without, all of a sudden you realize aren't that important. When I began practicing Sabbath, one thing, one of the first steps I took was to remove social media from my phone. And I know that sounds like a basic answer for somebody my age, but I t I'm telling you, it, I spent a really embarrassing amount of time on social media on my phone. Um, and I really couldn't imagine not being able to pick up my phone and look at it whenever I wanted to. Um, but I realized how much time that was sucking and how much um, it was not finding rest for my soul in that. And with help of the Holy Spirit, uh, I, I deleted it and was thinking, okay, well, it's an experiment. I'll just try it. And after about a week, I didn't even remember that I used to have it. I just, I didn't miss it at all. Something that I thought was so indispensable, but it really wasn't. And suddenly I had all these hours in my day to do the things that I was pushing to do on all seven of the days that I was spreading out my work. And so now I was able to do all the, everything I needed to do in six days. And so not only did I find rest for my soul on Sabbath, on this day I practiced the Sabbath, but I found rest for my soul every other day because of how Sabbath affected the rest of my week. Sabbath doesn't just affect the one day, but it affects your whole life. Let's take a look at the rest of that commandment in chapter 20. It says the, that the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God, and you shall not work, you, your sons or daughters, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien residents in your town. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. God made the seventh day holy 
So from this we see that the Sabbath is for everyone. If you're thinking, well, no, no, it's just, can't, I can't do that, that sounds nice, but can't do that really right now in my time of life. It's for everybody. From the top of the chain to the bottom. Even the livestock, God says, don't make them work. Everybody is made for Sabbath. Everybody deserves Sabbath. And if nothing else has convinced you so far, how about the fact that, I don't know, God rested. And I say this with love because you are all treasures and I love you and care about you, but do you think that the thing that you can't rest from is more important than the thing that God rested from. Friends, God rested. So I think you can too. But what would it actually look like to practice Sabbath? It would definitely require structuring, restructuring your life reprioritizing your time. It would probably look like quitting things and believe it or not, if you quit something, you're not actually a failure. It's crazy. Um, And also you can say no to things and if you say no to things, you're not selfish. That was something I learned in the last year. It's amazing, changed my life. Um, You can say no to things, unreal. It will be difficult. And uh, a pastor and author of a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, uh, his name is John Mark Comer, he says that to practice Sabbath will require the capacity to say no to a list of good things so that you can say yes to the best. Because all the things that you have to say no to, they're not bad things. There are things that if you had the time, you could, but friends, those good things are gonna have to take a back seat to the best thing. And the best thing is caring for your soul. And because Sabbath is quite literally countercultural, it will be difficult and require effort and intention And for me, my Sabbath, when I'm able and prioritize it, when I practice it, it's on Saturdays. And I make my Saturdays untouchable. Like nobody can schedule anything with me on a Saturday. Saturdays for me, they belong to God. And I'll spend them in prayer. I'll spend it in scripture. And and that's the maybe typical ways you expect to uh, express worship, but also in walking in nature and just sitting in nature, maybe having a meal with my family, things that give my soul rest. That will look different for all of us. But I think another reason that maybe we forget the Sabbath or neglect this Sabbath is because 
We don't think that it really applies to us. Jesus kind of got us off the hook for that, right? Didn't he talk to the Pharisees about how they were too strict about the Sabbath? Yes, he did. But Jesus was really more frustrated about the Pharisees because they were missing the point of Sabbath, which is kind of typical of Jesus. It's like, oh, guys, you, you have it right, but you don't get why. Um, they were missing the point. The Sabbath, they were following the Sabbath because that was the law. And so they were following it because it was the law. But Jesus wants them to follow the Sabbath because the Sabbath way of life reorients your life around God. It reorients your life around rest. And it reorients your identity around God. And this is very much, when you look at the Gospels, how Jesus lived. Jesus had his purpose and identity around God. The way that he lived his life was the Sabbath way and Jesus invites us to do the same. If we look in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, Jesus says, come to me all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Friends, Jesus is calling us into the way of Sabbath. That's what that is. That's an invitation to live the way that Jesus lived. This yoke that Jesus is talking about, this way of life that he's encouraging us to take on is the yoke of living the way of Sabbath, of living from rest. And in, when we take up this practice of Sabbath, Jesus says, you will encounter me and you will sit at my feet and you will be able to learn from me. You will experience my gentleness and you will see that life just does not have to be as hard as you're making it. And you'll find rest for your souls, friends. That's what Jesus is saying in this invitation. When you take up the Sabbath way, you will find rest for your souls. A Presbyterian minister, um, named Lynn Babb, she says that the Sabbath convinces us of the goodness of God. The more we practice it, the greater privilege it becomes, the more essential it feels, and the deeper it connects us to the river of life that provides fruit in all seasons. And I don't know what taking up Sabbath will require of you. I don't know what it will require you to say no to, what things it will require you to sacrifice or let go of. I don't know how hard it will be for you to restructure your life, to reprioritize your time around your soul, but I do know that it will be worth it, that to prioritize your soul will be worth it, to no longer feel exhausted every day will be worth it. To no longer feel overwhelmed by life 
will be worth it. Because your life can be transformed through the gift that God gives us in the Sabbath. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, thank you for your gift of the Sabbath. God, it is so hard for us to imagine what that could possibly look like in our own lives, how that could possibly be what our life is. Yet, God, this is one thing that you call us to. God, would you give us the courage to rest? Would you give us the courage to prioritize our souls? To prioritize our relationship with you, God, and let that feed everything else in our life? God, would you help us to be brave in taking these steps and saying no to what needs to be let go of and quitting the things that are making us restless, God. For you are our true rest. And we will only find rest in you. It's in your awesome and almighty name, God, we pray. Amen.